to get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, from the missing Clara Pockets to the infamous Goose Ganker, only one podcast host can solve the case. He's never made a podcast, he's a documentarian, but he's also never made a documentary. We'll revisit <laughs> our favorite true crime parody, Done Disappeared. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast and snow-blowing hero, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. All right, so Kevin, we are revisiting a classic. Tell us about our review of Done Disappeared. Yeah, so you'll remember, we actually did Done Disappeared twice. We did season one and season two. And these were both short reviews, so I'm going to put them together today. I mean, you have to remember that each episode of Done Disappeared was about 10 minutes long. Yep. Season one came out, we talked about it in December of 2017. Wow. And then season two came out May 2018. I'll point out that uh, when we did season two of Done Disappeared, it was the same show where we reviewed Caliphate. Oof. So... It's kind of funny about which podcast had more fiction in it. (laughs) You got to remember, this was, you know, before Only Murders in the Building, around the same time American Vandal came out, and there was, you know, another, like, parody podcast. I think it was... The Onions. I can't remember. Crack Magazine. The Onions, right? And, you know, the ones that we decided, the ones that worked the best as comedy were the ones that uh, were not snarky and... um, dismissive of the true crime genre. It was the ones that really embraced it and found the humor within it. That's right. And so, you know, Done Disappeared, I think, was... And, of course, we can't forget the very special episode of Done Disappeared in which they parodied Crime Writers Off. That's right. And that's where we got uh, Bobby Tall. And it was just like a uh, a whole uh, clip of somebody laughing, right? (laughs) That was, yeah. <laughs> that was you. Oh man. So apologize in advance to our friend Payne Lindsay, who of course since we've become great friends with since. Well, let's uh, let's focus on this again and we're going to play for you back to back our reviews from season 1 and then season 2 of Done Disappeared. Uh, let's move on to our first review of the evening. Now we're going to talk about a very tiny podcast with some very big laughs, at least in my house. This is a mini review because each episode of Done Disappeared is only about 10 minutes long. Last week, you heard me recommend this podcast, Done Disappeared. It is a parody that skewers citizen sleuthery and the pedantic cases and tropes that make up the lesser entrance of the true crime podcast genre. On Done Disappeared, the do-it-yourself investigation is run by a clueless protagonist who goes by by the name John David Booter, and could he ask more rhetorical questions? Could he ask more rhetorical questions? <laughs> I looked in the mirror and spit at my reflection, ashamed at what I'd become. I kept asking myself, where was Clara? Where had she gone? Would she be found? Would I find her? Had she been found? So, um, first question for you, Laura Bricker. Is John David yes. Booter um, the greatest podcast host ever or just the very greatest podcast host mm-hmm. ever? What do you think, Laura? 
Well, here's what I know. Um, <laughs> I think he might be the very greatest podcast host ever, but I'm going to have to talk to some people first and right. think about that for a while. You're going to have to like get on the case. Maybe put out something on our Facebook page and get some clues. Yep. Yeah, I might have to go down into the basement and have some quiet time and think about that. <laughs> well, that was obviously was a joke question. So, Kevin, can you talk a little bit about what this podcast really is about? I, I forget the, sure. the joke question out of the sure. way. And, and folks, remember last week that this was your recommendation for a uh, Thanksgiving listen. Basically, it revolves. It's a fictional podcast that revolves around a missing woman from 1987. The only clue is that she left behind a tiny birthday cake <laughs> in a parking spot in a parking in spot in a piggly wiggly yeah and like you know there's a lot of questions about whether this cake is big enough to feed anybody <laughs> you know i think we said it last week maybe i think i was i said it last week for what american vandal did for those true crime documentaries this does for true crime podcasts that it it skewers a lot of the conventions and the writing is just so earnest and quick. Mm. The humor is quick. Mm. You probably don't even have to be a fan of true crime to get the writing, but there's, there's a lot of sort of inside jokes that are going on. But it really helps if you've listened to Up and Vanished because that is the primary target, I think. I think that's of, sort of, of the, the source material. Of this podcast. But they're also pulling in things like Undisclosed mm-hmm. and True Crime Garage and, and some Wyrick. other. Somebody who sounds like Wyrick. You know him, you love him, the soldier. It may have been Wyrick. He was pretty close. Uh, I don't think any of us are going to walk away unscathed. All I know is I am just waiting for us to make our parody cameo. So seriously, Toby, is this parody slash satire little true crime podcast working for you? What do you think so far with the writing and so forth? Yeah, I I definitely like it. Like a lot of these things, I think it, you know, it hits like, eight or nine out of 10 of the times that it, it tries something. It's definitely clever. It definitely, I think, it's definitely, I think, that's great. Um, <laughs> you sound like John David Booter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, Toby Ball, believe that he picks up on some of the same stuff that I think that we have in the past and, you know, and, and does, a, does a funny job of poking fun at it, and especially sort of the passive take that sometimes some of these podcasters take in approaching their cases. So like he goes for a couple of weeks and then he gets a Facebook message from somebody <laughs> with just like a bunch of bullshit. It was a few weeks into the investigation and a number of people had called our tip line to recount experiences they'd allegedly had with Clara. Like Jennifer Feniger, a New York City professional woman who'd taken a French class with Clara here in Davistown, Pennsylvania. Oh, sure. I remember Clara Pockets. It was hard to miss her. She had those piercing blue eyes and those limp dishwater blonde locks walking around with the labored gait of an old mare. Of course I remember her. What happened to her? Actually, as a matter of fact, she uh, she done disappeared. Oh, my God. <laughs> and like, But that's his big break. Mm-hmm. And that's it's sadly apt. Yes, yes. I think it's funny because some people start listening and they don't immediately know whether this is for real or not. It really hit me, A, that this was a joke and that it was super funny when it starts off this is John David Booter by saying, My name is John David Booter. I'm not a podcaster. I'm a filmmaker. I've never made a podcast. But I've also never made a film. And I've also never made, made a film. A film. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks later that episode about um, for my next and first documentary. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's what the right, it just, it's boom, boom, boom. It's little things like that. Like he, he always talks about, the, this is what we know about the crime. Here's a recap of everything we know so far. 
Clara Pockets went missing on October 1987. On October 1987. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's the end of the rundown within yeah. it. You know, Nalara, one of the things that I love about the show, first off, I, I just make the comment that these episodes are very short. And yes. I have listened to each of them like three times each. And every oh, wow. time I listen to them, on, that you hear new things every time you listen to an episode again. There are so many tiny jokes like wedged in between other jokes, the way that he uses audio, for instance, um, if you listen to the audio he does of the phone calls, you know, there's been speculation on some of these crappy true crime podcasts that phone calls have been faked. And he does the phone calls in a way that sound like they've been faked, but they also sound like they may not have been faked. It's a very nuanced like use of sound and sound design in this super crappy sounding parody of a super crappy podcast mm-hmm. Hello. um hi this is john david booter the host of the upcoming true crime podcast done disappeared with me john david booter am i speaking to michael Waller? yes this is he um, hi michael i got your voicemail saying that you may have information about who took clara pockets why she disappeared where she might be and how is that true <laughs> but one of the things that i love the most about it and laura i want your thoughts on this is um he isn't just parodying the content of these horrible true crime podcasts. He's also parodying the business model and how they are on social media. What do you think of the way that he's doing that and the various ways he's trying to extract money from his listeners on this show? I think it's pretty hysterical, but you know, because I love how quickly it's happening after the first 10 minute episode. It's like, well, after our success of our first episode, now we're going to have a TV show and, or now we're going to be going on a tour. And uh, now we're going to be on Stitcher premium. I know. <laughs> you can only hope because I might I, I would actually pay to hear him a week ahead of time. It's it's so funny. And what's great is also, you know, people that maybe don't know, like I get all the references because I know exactly what he's kind of making fun of. Uh, well, not kind of what he is making fun Up of. Vanished. But- uh, yes. But I will say, so we listened to this on our way to Thanksgiving last week, and we were able to listen to the first three episodes because they were short. And so I had my husband and son in the car, and they don't know anything about true crime podcasts besides what they hear from me. And they both found it entertaining. So like the rest of the day, my son's walking around being like, you know, John David Booter, because he's John David Booter. And I think he needs a meme. Is there a meme of John David Booter? Because I think there needs to be a meme. So I think it, you know, it appeals to us because we know all these little specific instances. But, you know, it's just funny. Yeah, no, I agree. And one of my favorite things that's really come to life as a result of the show is the meta around the show. The social media around the show is super clever. There's an official done disappeared Facebook discussion group. (laughs) And everyone on it is just earnestly talking about the podcast as if it's a real podcast. It's hilarious. (laughs) John David Booter's alleged John David Booter's uh, responses on social media to negative reviews of the show, some of which have been left by devotees of a particular other, uh, not a podcaster's podcast. I have left like zero star reviews with horrible things like, you know, there's nothing funny about this podcast. And John David Booter will say, you're right. There is nothing funny. Clara's disappearance is very serious. <laughs> it's the only thing we should be focusing on. I like what he said. Most people who kidnap die within the first 30 years. <laughs> Their disappearance. Right. It's been 28 years. We still have two years. We only have two years left to find Clara Pockets. Clara Pockets. Clara. Yes, Clara. his pronunciation of her name is like a whole other thing. That oh, I, really? Yes. Well, that sounds like yes. a weird thing. Laura, <laughs> that people, that podcaster. I have to tell on. you that my best friend growing up was 
Clara. So it was Clara and Lara or Clara and Lara. Yes. So I did pick up on the pronunciation. But it's funny. It, it, the length is really important because like a good joke, it should be brief. Right. And it doesn't go on. Each episode doesn't go on so long that it becomes belabored. He is moving it around. He's changing this scene goes to that scene. So it isn't like one long joke that he's you know trying to squeeze out as many one liners as he can in a certain scene. Moves it along, ends the episode, then you're ready to go on to the next one when it when it comes up. So I think the pacing and the size of it is actually part of the the key to why it's so entertaining. Oh, I'm dying for the next one when one ends. Like when I saw that episode four came out today, like I immediately emailed all of you and I was like, it's out. I was like, it won't refresh. <laughs> there are very few podcasts these days that I feel that way about. Like I'm so excited. Little like backstory. Uh, I may or may not have been in touch a little bit with the uh, man behind the scenes, the man known as John David Booter. Does he live in your house? That's what I want to know. Not. Oh. Is so, he under the age of 20 living in your house? So That's what many I think. people is, have asked me whether if, it's the whether handsome it's, line whether it's handsome line editor, yeah. Henry Lavoie, or whether it's someone else we know. No, Oh, it is not. It is somebody, though, who is a listener to all these things and who knows people we know, but is completely new to this. This is the thing that I love so much about this is that John David Booter is in real life, not a podcaster. Let's not out him. Who's just really doing a great job it's making a talented, not a podcast. Yeah. So, so I have a quick question for you, Kevin. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away the joke uh, of what these are, mm-hmm. but how does one get away with doing fake ads for real products <laughs> In a podcast. <laughs> I mean, I think it's part of the parody and the yep. satire. Yeah. So, you know, legally you're protected uh, as far as like giving away, like go to use this backslash and this code. And get 100% off. Get 100% off. <laughs> you can't use the code. There's, the, the code doesn't exist. He made it up. Right. So when you use code John David Booter. <laughs> At Squarespace. <laughs> at Squarespace so that no one can ever find your website that was, ever? That's funny. That is, the Squarespace ad is goddamn funny. <laughs> All the ads Only part funny. because if you've ever used Squarespace, you know that when you create the ad, unless you buy like a, when, a when URL. You, when you first create your site, yes, yeah. The site is like. Rebecca Lavoy dot blah, blah, blah. Rebecca hyphen Lavoy backslash 56271 or square. You know, yeah, no one's ever going to find that. You'll get uh, 40% off whatever it is Squarespace does. (laughs) He just craps all over. They were all real, real bits except for big box of shit. Yes. Get big box. That, I lost it with that one. This week, one of all of our favorite podcasts made its triumphant return for its second season, we are welcoming back our favorite fake true crime podcaster, John David Booter, taking on another fake unsolvable solved case in Dunn Disappeared Season 2. The year is 1980. Jimmy Corder is our president. Minimum wage in America is $3.10 per hour. Ray Romano has just begun to make the decision to seriously pursue a career in stand-up comedy. And John Lennon is shot to death outside of his hotel in New York City. That case has never been solved. But that's another story. So our friend John David Booter takes us back to the 80s for this case (laughs) to take a look uh, at the case of the Davisville Goose Ganker. And... uh, There's a lot of satirical wood here that's just as cutting as in season one. But one of the things that came up today was that it turns out that this case, the Davisville Goose Ganker, is similar to a real life case that Toby Ball was exposed to in his real life. 
Toby, what are you talking about? So the the uh, parallels are eerie. <laughs> <laughs> so the town I grew up in, Manliest, New York, uh, we had a swan pond Stop. in the middle of town. Manliest, New York? Oh, my God. Manliest. M-A-N-L-I-U-S. Oh, okay. It's like the neoclassical thing. Like, there was a general Manliest. Yeah. We don't care. Keep going. Tell us more about the pond. <laughs> you know, I want to know about the You don't want to hear about General Manliest? Go- there's a, no. I wanna, there's the a big story. No. Um, the swan yeah, swagger. Well, it's a swan swanker. Um, <laughs> swan swanker. <laughs> oh, okay, so anyway, the the, uh, the swan pond is like the symbol of our town. Like Booter says, our cops have a patch with a swan on it. No shit, really? Yeah, we traditionally have a very good soccer team that plays on a field that's quite a ways away from the high school, but is right next to the swan pond. So anyway. Did a Civil War icon found your town? <laughs> I don't believe so. That would be a great story if he did, though. But what happened was, and this actually happened in the 80s as well, is some uh Cue the some 80s kid, music. Like, wait, wait. I'm going to yeah. download one of these tracks and I'm going to drop it in right here. All right, Toby, keep telling the story. And, and then some kid in, in the in the town, and this is when I was in college, I think, uh, so it was in the 80s, went to the pond and actually decapitated two of the swans. <gasps> and it was like a big deal. And like, people <laughs> wanted to like hang him wow. from the uh, from the lamppost in the center of town. They wanted to tar and goose feather him. Exactly. But obviously, you know, he was like a, clearly a troubled kid and uh, all this stuff. So anyway, but that, that that did happen. So when I was listening to this, there was a little bit of PTSD going on. Oh, wow. I have to say this is kind of similar to the story that Fireman Ken told me tonight. What? Uh-oh. I think we could find some clues here, people. What was the story says, Fireman Ken told you? Well, so we were listening to this. This is like my second time because I was like, oh, we have to listen to this again on the way back from uh, dinner tonight. And Ken goes... I have a goose story. I shot a goose once and my cousin chopped its head off after I killed it and sent it to his girlfriend. Oh, so I'm telling you, I think these could be connected. Should we just blank out that person's name? Because I don't want that person to be like found on the Internet and uh, vilified. Yeah, his his cousin's kind of a weirdo. So, um, yeah, it was uh, there was a lot of goose things happening. Apparently John David Booter found a pretty hot case. I, uh, so right. the, the John David Booter done disappeared parody. Mm-hmm. I have confirmed and I this is a fear that I have had because you know that like I find this podcast especially hysterical mm-hmm. in a way that perhaps matches with my unhealthy feelings about Payne Lindsay and the resentment I have about his stupid <laughs> podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I feel like a lot better. Something happened today that made me feel like just so much better about this. As you know, I'm on a Slate podcast. Right. Uh, called Mom and Dad are Fighting. It's a parenting podcast. And the people who make these Slate shows are like legit professionals. We have like Slate writers, Slate editors. You know, you've met some of them. They're I like have. Yep. So much smarter than we are and so much cooler than we are. And the producer of the Slate podcast that I uh, am on connected with me today and he had as his username on the thing, John David Booter. Yeah. And I clicked on it and I was like, oh, you listen to this beard. And he was like, oh, my God, it's brilliant. (laughs) And I just felt like 
Yes, I'm not alone. It's brilliant. No, people really like this podcast. It's really, it's really fucking brilliant, brilliant Rebecca. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and I have to live up to Patrick. It's the most fucking brilliant podcast I've listened to all year. It is. In it this is. genre. It is. Now, this is, Kevin, this season two is clearly a sign of, of Atlanta Monster, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly taking a lot of the notes uh, from that podcast. Like it, what kind of notes is it taking from that podcast? Well, I mean, the 80s Kevin? and like... <laughs> A case that's already solved. Once again, I took to Google and scoured the internet for cold cases that took place here in Davistown, Pennsylvania. That's when I had an epiphany. I had already solved one cold case, but what I hadn't done was solve a case that wasn't cold at all. A case that had been closed for decades. Obviously, John David Booter is to Payne Lindsay what uh, Weird Al Yankovic was to Michael Jackson. The other thing, just like, let's put all the Payne Lindsay parody stuff aside. Let's please, yes. What I love about this podcast, the ideas behind the parody are creative and satirical. As we mentioned a few months ago, The Onion put out a true crime parody podcast that I thought was inferior to Done Disappeared. Mm-hmm. Because Done Disappeared even does like with audio what bad true crime podcasts do. Like it's not making yes. fun of good true crime podcasts. It's making fun of bad true crime podcasts and that's funnier they made fun of us by the way it's just funnier <laughs> before you say that. <laughs> but like the music and the sound design the music was really good this time I liked how we had a lot of music at the end when we had the questions like who was he this is the story of one of the most prolific criminals in the history of the country you know that's when we knew that there was a ganker on the loose and a series of crimes that shocked the world who's just snatching them up right out of their backyards just pulling them right out Leaving nothing but dust and feathers behind. Where did he go? (laughs) What happened? And we had this very, like, 80s synthesizer music in the background. That was a very nice touch this time. Laura, what do you think about John David Booter's uh, frightening, medically mysterious weight loss and that now his head is so big for his body that he has to have a special brace? (laughs) Are you worried about him? Um, no, it's funny. We had a whole conversation about this in the car because my son really enjoys John David Booter. So we were listening to it. He's like, Mom what does that mean? And I was like, well, it's like the last sentence where he had to go talk about humility and, and things like that. And he's like, Oh, so, I mean, I want to see some pictures. I want to hear some more about his new lifestyle. Uh, It sounds like he's got some new women friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to say the biggest, this is, um, the part that was the biggest outrage on our car trip while we were listening to this, we finish it. And my son's like, mom, Where's Johan Johan Johannesburg? Oh yeah, ah. new music. So I tweeted to John David Buter. I said, "What what happened? My son wants to know where Johan Johan Johannesburg is." And he said, "JJJ mysteriously disappeared and is presumed dead and murdered. Mm. But right now, I have to focus on this decades-old case that is already solved. Thank you for your support." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how he said, like, but I wanted to focus on something that was more personal to me. <laughs> I have to say the attention to detail that the podcaster known as John David Booter pays not only to the um, actual podcast audio, because let's just think about the montage audio here at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this amazing setup. And I, because I am a professional podcast reviewer, was privileged to hear the first episode of Dennis Appears Season 2 in advance, mm-hmm. as you know, Kevin. And I received the episode and uh, I started listening to it in the kitchen at my computer and made the mistake of taking a drink as I was listening to the first 10 seconds of the episode. 
And as soon as that montage guy said, We was uh, scared. <laughs> I literally like did a spit <laughs> take of my water. Uh, but um, I will say that the attention to detail that John David Wooder pays in the social media posts that they do with the vintage photos of the goose pageants. Mm-hmm. And then also he did a Reddit AMA last week. And the Reddit AMA was so committed to the character and the storytelling and the style of this podcast. Kevin, can we ever aspire to be this good of a storyteller? No, we cannot. (laughs) We definitely cannot aspire, aspire Mm -hmm. to be that good of a storyteller because he's just really good at telling stories. You like to listen to him. So, Kevin, that was really something. Yeah. Gone back in time to all those uh, John David Booter promo codes where you get 100% off. (laughs) And my favorite one, of course, as I brought up, was uh, Big Box of Shit. (laughs) All right. So, Kevin, what are we reviewing on the next episode of Crime Writers On? On Monday, we're talking about the podcast You Didn't See Nothing. And then Thursday, the podcast Stolen Hearts. I can't wait. All right, Kevin, that does it for us, right? Yep. On behalf That's of all the crime writers. That's what that music in the background is, you know? <laughs> I guess I got to say that on behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. later. Partners in Crime Media.